So, uh, you heard about the, the first topic, first one we'll throw out to you. You heard about the board of Alaska Board of Fish, Fisheries Board. Have I heard about them? Yeah. 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 Which about their, their, their big new shift this year? Which one are they, which one are you referring to? Because they've done some interesting things this year as far as like fishing goes and the, the way they're, some of their thought process are definitely changing, updating. There's I, a reason. I haven't looked into all of it to be honest. So with you. the the board of fish has you know they're they're kind of the governing group that's overseeing uh, bag limits. They're overseeing uh, commercial limits. They're overseeing all those things, correct? It's kind of the, the the big overarching like here is Alaska. Here is our fish management plan. Yes. Right. For the longest time, they have never had a sport fisherman on that. Yeah, I, I understand that. I mean, I remember that being like a big thing when they brought the sport fishing piece in there, and it, it's a like the guys that go out there, rod and reel, or have never been represented. Which, in reality, we, I would argue. Now, I am a rod and reel guy. I'm not a commercial guy. Now, yeah. I'm all for the commercial guys. So don't hear me wrong in all yeah. of this. Um, and I know they drive a lot of commerce as being commercial, sure. but so does sport. And it's not just about the guy buying the license yep. and the fishing gear, but. You know, hotel rooms, gas to get there, those little incidentals that come along, the gear, the, yeah, it it drives a whole industry, particularly up here in Alaska. So this year, um, for this season, the Board of Fish now has a sport fisherman. Oh, very cool. On the board. So now the voice, at least one, possibly two, I'd have to look into that, but uh, two people. Right. Um, But uh, yeah, so a lot of these things that are going on and they're starting to make these drastic changes to fishing especially when you're talking about dip netting that has been the biggest struggle of um uh, like this year they're they're not going to be doing emergency openings like here's your day to dip net oh you mean as far as like we're not gonna try and open it and close it like they have been yeah random openings where you you have to call in the hotline number to find out if tomorrow's an open or or closed day right you know all that kind of stuff like on the you plan your dip netting trip like we're gonna go dip netting and well, we can only go this day because you know, we work and we have all these other things going on. Commitments, Commitments life, li- right? You would get down there, and there's just nothing because the commercial guys have blocked off, you know, sucked up all these fish that are coming in. Right, and there's also the piece of, and I, how do I say this without making the commercial guys sound bad? I'm just going to say it. Yeah, it's it. not. It's not intended to slam them, but the commercial. My understanding from all the stuff I've read is that the sport fishing take of halibut, for example our take is less than their bycatch throwback that dies. I think it depends on which fishery you're looking at. Specifically halibut. And when you talk about the long liners and things like that, where they throw over the bycatch, it's self-reported, and everybody knows that it's underreported because it is self-reported. I mean, you don't want to sit there and say, yeah, I'm the guy that threw back way too much. Yeah. Um, I, and I understand the commercial guys. They're trying to make a living. But yeah. I think there's just better ways to manage lots of pieces of this. And when it comes to, as a guy that works 8 to 5 Monday through Friday and has to, you know, I have a union that I have to deal with with where I work and everybody wants summers off up here. Like, it's not like you go, oh, gee, hey, I can take off September. It's not that big a deal. And a lot of places in the country, taking a September day off or a week off is a great thing to do. Up here, uh, everybody wants summers off. You're dip netting. You're doing these things. So you're planning these things out in, I mean, I had to have all of my stuff in in February. Yeah. I mean, so literally, I put in for my dip net, so to speak, in February. Mm-hmm. That's well before we even know, we even know we're even potentially even getting as far as return. Like, you're, you're not going to be able to go down there and know what days the, the the commercial guys are out there. Right. I have no you clue. Just, I mean, I'm just going to go. Right. And I have to go when I'm available. And so, so it's, now the idea is you can look at that schedule and be like, okay, we know that this weekend, this weekend, this weekend, they're going to be out there. So yeah, and it, it changes your probabilities now. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean it changes it's, a lot. Changes a lot. So it's that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a really good thing for a state of Alaska. That was a huge step forward. So yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I think more more voices to a point is usually a good thing. Uh-huh. Obviously, if you get too many voices, it can also create a muddy situation. You know, where you have too much. True, but. When you talk about a board, this board has what ten, maybe twelve I don't know people. Exactly, yeah, I'm sure it's somewhere. Uh, in yeah, there. a couple of folks at ten people is probably not that big a deal. You go to twenty five, it's a little bit different. Yeah, then you get a committee. You get board. a committee around a board, and so it's one of those things of I can see the value in that. Just sure, you know what? There's a different yep. viewpoint out there. That's a good thing. Different viewpoints are all, I always find that as fascinating. Personal thing. 
I like to look at some, look at it through a different lens as much as possible. Because mm -hmm. you know, we all tend to focus in, you know, we've talked about this, you know, focusing on your lens and how it looks to you. Yeah. And maybe you can't articulate why mm -hmm. unless you look at it through a different lens. Like sure. Why your lens makes more sense or less sense. And sometimes you just know your lens doesn't make sense, but you're looking through it that way. Exactly. And you need to hear it from something else. Right. Or there's maybe there's there's a, hey, my lens looks at it this way. Your lens looks at it this way. How can we agree to both coexist? Yeah. And both get done what we want to get done and yeah. both be happy at the end of the day, which and, could totally happen. And it's really easy to talk about that kind of thing in the whatever your your issue is, whether it's uh, um, um, racial issues, whether it's equality issues, sure. whatever. But man, even in like our outdoor world, that is a huge thing. I have people that look at me and say, you bear bait? Oh, absolutely. How could you possibly do that? Well, that, is, that is the worst, lowest possible way your to dog bear. scum yeah yeah oh yeah you know? even even like say even people that are within the sports industry so no, we're not talking about those that don't hunt we're talking about people within hunting that will mm -hmm. go you what i mean yeah. you go to the state of oregon and they've banned baiting yeah and so I've, I've had that conversation with a friend who run a guide service it's not like they don't take animals they're very big hunters and they're like how would you that is that is the worst kind of hunting why would you ever do that or with dogs Huh? With dogs is another way that you know. I don't think that's illegal. That is that's not legal in Alaska. No, it's not legal in Alaska, but it is legal in other parts of the. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. so running with dogs, you could run sure. deer with dogs. With dogs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but you know, bear baiting. You're bringing it up, and it's the, getting towards that time of year where I'm getting that itch to get in the woods, fire up the quads, throw the stands up, days do all get, all days the getting longer. You're seeing more, more light out there. Yeah. It's just, just you know, more concrete on the roads. And yeah, stuff. and you're starting to think in terms of, you know, man, it's time. Like it's, I feel like it's, it's been a long winter for me for various reasons. Medically, had some issues with my, my family, and then just, uh, you know, just drug. I mean, it's just kind of drug on. I think about things in terms of, you know, going out in the woods and just spending time with my creator mm -hmm. and hunting. So I'm putting food on the table, but it's that time just to relax. How I like to unwind. It's how I. Whether I get something or not is, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like to get animals and I like to be on animals. And, sure. But I want to be in that situation where I say, you know what, I'm not taking one today, but that was a really beautiful animal I got to see today. Or that was a really beautiful sunset. Or that's a really beautiful valley. Whatever it is. But part of that is going out in the woods and part of it is I do bear baiting and mm. I won't apologize for it. I think it's personally, I look at the ethics and I say, I'm going to have that animal present a shot such that I know that it's at X yardage. And I can wait for the timing, and there's lots of things that go into that. Get a strong ethical shot. Right, exactly. And it's about an ethical kill if we're going to kill an animal in my mind. Truth. So, But it's that time of year where it's really the preparation. It's the preseason. I think it's the best way to describe it. We're kind of like the preseason of football right now. I mean, it's the you got to get your gear out, warm it up, warm up your quad. Does it fire? Does it run? Mm. Might not. Mm. <laughs> it has been yeah. cold. Battery might be dead. Does the oil need to be changed? What about that spark plug? You know, air filters and going through and just kind of doing my quad things. And then, like, I know we have to fix our stands. We yeah, got to spend. They took a little bit of beating last year. Ooh, crap. Yeah. What's moving at me? But, like, you know, like, for example, we have our method of doing it. We run on a big 55 gallon barrel. Yep. And we just got to generally see how did it fare throughout the winter. It's been sitting behind my shed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are the things you got you, you got to do. But I mean, for but me, for my side of it, mostly because this is I've done this a few more years than you. Yes, true. Um, you, this was your last, your first year last year, uh -huh. and you're kind of popping stuff out of like, all right, you got the, the fresh eyes on it, like we talked about earlier, like right. having a different lens on it. My lens is okay. We got to start narrowing it in. We got to start honing this in. Right. I think I think we have a day of so real quick. I think we have a day of like. I'll be fixing my quad. That'll take a day just because that's the way I am. Sure. But I think as far as our bear equipment, like our stands, they did take a beating. I think going and looking them over real good. There's a couple of them that have some mm -hmm. tweaked ends and whatnot. Just fixing sure. those up. Be sure we have all the bolts and little things like that. Just taking that time I think will help us down down the road. But also uh, that comes into this is bait, which I mean, I mean, so yeah, we could spend the day going through all of our stuff, but eventually we're going to be putting bait into the woods. Well, and that's what I'm talking about, like, fine-tuning and tweaking those things like, right okay what did we use last year we did we did popcorn we did popcorn was a big thing and we just popped the popcorn we didn't really 
do anything to it per se. So years past, what we've done, what I've done mm-hmm. is popcorn. Okay. And then on that popcorn, I used we'd take a, a I think a Kool Aid into the woods with us. Okay. And you always have water with you, right? Right. So and then just an empty spray bottle. Okay. So you just take, spray it down. You take the yeah, spray the stuff with water, and then sprinkle that Kool Aid on it. Okay. And just create that sugary glaze over everything. So with you know the long winter, I've been doing a lot of research. Yeah. The YouTube research because sure. it's easy. I've also read some. I read a couple of books on this. Two, three, three different books now on like bear baiting tactics in. You know, uh, from there's a lot of this that goes on in the Michigan, you know, the Upper Peninsulas, Maine, yeah. Canada, and so it's going to be similar, however different. And one guy brought up something, and then he, and and his thought was, "Is popcorn's great? Okay, and that's good." But there's two things that he added that I thought was really good. One, he thought about it like a sugar glaze that he put on at the house, so like he created the same kind of thing, but he went out in the woods with some with a sugar glaze already ready done. Okay, and here's here's my. My, my problem with that okay. is it compacts. Once you put that sugary glaze on there, right. you throw it in a bag, you put it in your quad, you get back out to where you, you have this big compact mass of goo. goo. And I won't disagree with it. It doesn't give you the body that you're looking for. Right. But he also brought in the fact that he doesn't use exclusively popcorn or bacon. And he used bacon out of his nut. Why you'd waste bacon? It had to have been expired. Cooked bacon out there. No, 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 no. Like he took like raw bacon and threw it on a stand. That's that's just that's lame. If you got a pig farm, you just got like. Well, my thought is it had to have been expired. I mean, what what red blooded American would waste bacon? Who's gonna eat a pear? Because I mean, like if 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 you say okay, look, the pig is unclean because you're Jewish or you're you know you're with the Muslim religion, but you're not eating a bear then, right? Yeah. So, uh, you get my point. I will agree with that one, unless, although I will say some of the best bacon I've ever had. But you're eating it. With bear bacon. Right, right. But, but my point so is. So if you're, if you're, if you're getting enough bears with pork bacon that you can substitute with bear bacon. Okay, fair. Then yeah, I will say fair. just throw as much bacon out there as you can. But I don't think people are allowed for like we are anywhere else. I think we're very unique that, in Alaska. That's true. But anyway, so he used bacon, and he also used dog food, and he was talking about how you wanted something that would fill the bear up. The idea he thought was, okay, is that, so the bear comes along, he lumbers into your stand, right? Okay. And he's pawing through your garbage that you've left out for him. Okay. And he goes, oh, that's good. And you want him to get kind of full-ish. I'm not saying that, because his thought was is that the popcorn doesn't really, like, you think about, like, if you sat down, I give you a big old bowl of popcorn. Does yeah. that really fill you up? Not really. No. Not like a good meal does, right? No. His thought was, is, yes, you use popcorn. Okay. Throw some dog food, throw some bacon. He had this whole concoction. He was throwing out these things, okay? We're talking. He had bacon, popcorn, uh, pastries, donuts, bread. Like, this guy was sourcing stuff from everywhere, right? And one of the things he was saying is, don't focus in on popcorn, uh, donuts, bacon, like any one of them. What he's saying is put a mix out. Thought was is that... They kind of can sit there and eat on the different things that they want. Mm-hmm. They wander off a few hundred yards, half mile, whatever it is, right? Lay down because they're gonna like lay down and in the heat of the day, then they come back to your stand wanting more. Not just so you think about it, like if you load up on sugar all the time, you get to where you're just kind of over it. I disagree. I'm I'm I that, I'm just I, saying why I'm 100 percent disagree with this. Here's why. I've watched the bear sit on our stand. Uh, I'll, I'll dig out the pictures. For oh, I believe you. Yeah, I've watched this bear sit on our stand, lay right in front of that barrel, and just reach up with his hand and pull like it looked like he was picking right. with his fingers, like like one kernel at a time, just kind of like thing. a couple little pieces of popcorn, and he just kind of lick them off his fingers and just lay there and chew on it, lay back, and they reach so, up and grab. He was there for about a day. Yeah, well, I won't disagree and, with you. But here's what pushed him off: it wasn't like oh, I'm full and I need to go lay down. It was another bear. Yeah, right. Another bear came in, pushed him off. I, I disagree with that 100%. Now, saying having other things out there, I do agree with that. I say bring other things out there to bring bring food, bring breads, bring – have an assortment. But he was like, like keeping the bear full. Well, not like, like – like that was one of those where things. Where was this dude at? Uh, Minnesota. So small little teeny bears. 
uh, relatively speaking, yeah. they can't little be little teeny bears. bears. Yeah, we're not we're not trying to like stuff a bear here where they're because I mean it's a bear. Well, it's there's an Alaska black bear. bear or grizzly bear. You will not pounder, right? feed that freaking thing enough to feed, fill it up. Right, but one thing about down that whole barrel and be like, one of his biggest complaints about popcorn. Okay, just popcorn, now. Sure. And again, he uses popcorn, so it's not like he's like totally anti-popcorn. Uh-huh. Is that he said that like so? For, say for example, you feed your barrel, right? Yeah. And you got popcorn out there, and it rains. Yeah. It kind of dissolves into mush. Also, the birds tend to go after the popcorn, which we had both those problems. But I, I, uh, here's I mean, the thing. Here's what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking, Brandon. We do the popcorn piece, and I'm totally down with doing the popcorn piece. We have popcorn. Yeah. We've got popcorn. A fifty-five gallon thing of kernels. Uh, no. No, no, no. Fifty-five pound. Fifty-five pound. Yeah, not gallon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe popped, but yeah. Uh, but anyways, but it's it's a big bag, so I think we should use the popcorn. I think we should think about spraying some kind of sugary substance mm. on it. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I also think that I have post access, and the nice thing about Alaska up here on post on the military bases, they have the commissary, and they have cheap dog food usually. There's a lot of people who use those dog food, and I think we should. Tons of people use dog food. I think it should. Just, I don't think. It, I think it should be mixed in, mm-hmm. and I think using that in like a glaze would actually work well because I think the sweet attracts more of your black bears. That's yep. That's what I've been reading. That's what I've been yeah. seeing. That's what. Again, one year of experience. So I'm not experience, speaking yeah. from experiences. It is more. I'm gleaning this that more guys that tend to have blacks versus browns, and we kind of want the black bears more than the brown bears. Not the more sweet. Not that I'd say no to a brown bear, but, eh, you know, I think the blacks are going to be a little bit better tasting. Traditionally. That's mostly what I hear. Yeah. So having said that, I think going for a more sweeter approach, I think it carries on the wind easier. I think if we took some dog food and just like caramelized it a little bit with like a sugar coating. Dog food I could see. Popcorn. Yeah, the popcorn. I not work. And with that also comes, you know, you think about things in terms of like different flavors. Fruit punch versus orange versus lemon. It's lime. just straight sugar. Yeah. We as as people we focus in on the flavor of something. Right. Versus the scent of something. Right. We want the sweet smell. We want the sweet smell. So so unless there's unless there's something with a different flavor that has a higher sweetness to it, or may remind them of something that they already know. Maybe. I'm gonna I, go with no on that one. They're I mean, they're picking up the smell of the sugar. That sweetness. But I guess my point is, is that, for example, if I have a choice between orange or blueberry up here, I think the blueberry may do slightly no, because better. Because blueberry has no bearing on what they eat as far as what they, they're used to in the, in the hills. Because our blueberries up there do not taste anything like blueberry punch. Well, that's true, true. Especially that good Kool-Aid yeah, stuff. Yeah, that has <laughs> nothing to do with it. Right. You're purely trying to get a high. I mean, now, if aesthetics, and you're like, oh, I'm getting them with blueberry punch, and they eat blueberries, and... I think you're going to get some old-timers who are like, you're an idiot. Yeah, but my point is, well, what I'm saying is, is it a detail that if I had a choice that I would personally probably do? So if it, for me, I want to get the sweetest, highest sugar content I can. In fact, like I know we talked about there's a there's a, a bait company, I forget which. Uh, oh, it's the Barely Legal. Four Masters Barely Legal. Yeah. Be that careful stuff, if you Google this with your wife around. Yeah, make <laughs> Just sure saying. she understands what you're doing. <laughs> maybe you have a more understanding wife than I've got but whatever yeah <laughs> I'm buying bear bait um, you want to watch this barely legal we yeah. spell bear like a bear yes not um, that bear so, but this is a very 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 it's like 10 times sweeter than sugar yeah I was looking into that and I, I do agree the sweet is where it's at I think part of it too is is that when you look at things in terms of like the confectionaries and things like that. It's a lot of powdered sugar. It's a lot of yep. glaze. It puts off those sweet smells. And it's yep. more about the sweet sm- smells. I totally agree with you. But I've heard of some other crazy things that I'm actually willing to try. And we can get into that. <laughs> and since it's our bear stand, not my bear stand, I do have to kind of ask for permission. <laughs> this is not a beg for forgiveness moment because I, there's times when I think that's right. But this is not one of those times. So I saw a guy. This is a main guy. Okay. And he likes to find old peanut butter and smear it on the, like, tree trunks, like, coming sure. in. And so, again, just a little something different, but that sweet kind of carries him in. And then you just kind of have some peanut butter smeared out there and let him lick it on the way in, maybe put a little on the barrel. So I'm pretty sure if, if I'm understanding this, he's, he's, like, putting it on different trees and plants yeah. as they're walking in. Not necessarily 
Um, I would assume that he's probably finding trails in and out. That would be my assumption. Bears are already traveling, and he is putting this stuff on there, and he's not doing it to, like, hey, there's good food over here. He's probably doing it to, as they come through, and they're getting this on their fur, they're getting this on their stuff, and they're tracking things back in and out. And that's a big thing that a lot of guys focused in on was it's not it's not just about feeding your stand. Well, that's important. Mm-hmm. It's also about how are you getting that scent out into the woods, like miles from where you're Absolutely. at. Absolutely. So the peanut butter is going to do that because you're going to get it on their face. That's why getting a really sticky, sugary, just gooeyness all over everything, they're going to get it on them and they're going to take it with them. And that's more what we're – we didn't do any of that last year. No, we really didn't. I mean we did a we, little here's bit. Here's some popcorn and then we sprayed anise oil out in the stuff and – it was we had an attempt there but we didn't we we didn't stick with it so what we should have done in my mind we go in i think this year we start with popcorn and a little bit of dog food and we spray it down i mean hose that spray thing. with what and i'll get to that here okay so you start with off the basic dog food right mm-hmm. but we throw up a scent ball okay and we'll talk about that in a moment yep but when we talk about spraying things down get some oil and take a super soaker and I know oil, it's kind of one of those things that can attract browns, but oil will work because it'll get on their pads, their feet. Yep. Because if you use something that's water-based like sugar, it will tend to want to wash away in the rain versus oil doesn't as ba- as bad. You know, mm, but my point is it could, it, you could still mix it. So you, you could do sugar yeah. water, you could do, and oil, but I think we spray down like the, the area and we do a lot more in terms of like at the stand, like put like jelly and peanut butter mix like on our barrels put it around yeah. that area so like so because if you think about it if the bear is walking through it right and it walks through this stuff and then takes that scent a mile yeah. away that's what i'm after because that starts sure. letting other bears in the area know what's going on mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of one of the things we really missed out on in terms of being consistent now here's the thing we spray it initially we we hose the whole thing down so eventually they'll find it yeah um what and then but the other thing is, because the way our stand worked last year, we didn't really get the bait after we got bears on there, because just the way life worked out. So, like, we, we, we never got to go back out. So, I, I think there should be an initial push. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm thinking, like, overall plan. So, like, we bait it. We can argue about some of the details here. Okay? And that's fine. What I'm saying is we push that initial push of we're just going to go out there. We, we have our site selected. We put our bait out. We need to put a big push of stink in the air. Good stink. Yeah. And then when we go back to feed, we'd be prepared to maybe do like a big push again. Well, we kind of wait for the bears to kind of come find us, give it a certain amount of time, maybe a month, and then we do another big push. And then what we do is, and once the bears start showing up, that's when we really need to focus, and I think on the ground game, of getting the oils and the sugars on their fur so they're taking that away. So I think you want to do it right away. The first bear that comes in, you want to have something in there that they're going to carry away. Right, but my that's That's with the peanut butter. That's that's right. what he's doing is like you can put that out there and that's you're trying to wash peanut butter off anything. Oh god, yeah. It doesn't wash. So. Put it on your dog's snout and watch what happens. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, I might be mean like that. Yeah. So, but that there is his point of view. You can leave that out there. It's not going to get washed away. It's going to anytime a bear comes through, he's going to lick on it. He's going to get it on his fur and it's going right. to continue through. Right. But, so that's the idea we want to do. So first bear we get, we want him taking stuff out. Right. Because otherwise you're behind the game. Well, right. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying is is that. You know, the first time we do it is is that we can, we set it up. So when we first bait, mm-hmm. we should do all the things is what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. And then as we go back in to check on it, right, there may be a month there where we're just kind of waiting for the bears to find us. Sure. And once that first bear hits us, mm-hmm. kind of keep it kind of fresh. Don't have to necessarily really focus in on keeping it super fresh. Mm-hmm. But once that first bear hits us, then we need to be on all those cylinders of we're spraying and we're bait. You know, we're not just putting bait out, but we're also putting out the oils and the scents so that they're coming back in and we're getting that on their fur. Hmm. And I think we really missed out on that piece. We didn't have bears. Well, but again, A, we didn't have bears, but B, I don't think we really, I, I didn't think about that. I was. Oh, I'm sure you were. I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, for, for me, that's where I was thinking. I was like, once we see these animals, we need to start getting that tracks out. But I think it also, and, but again, we're in that pre- preparation mode. So now's the time we need to start looking for the peanut butter on sale. So the other thing we you jelly should, on sale. Another big thing to, to take out there is um, uh, to to do it pure is expensive, but you can get imitation vanilla. Oh, okay, that you would get, work. Yeah, you can get imitation vanilla in like gallon jugs at like Costco right. and all those places, Three Bears or whatever. Right. Um, that is huge because it's sweet and it doesn't. It's it's a uh, oil based. It is, and that so, would 
I could see mixing that in with some like some five gallons of vegetable oil. I think those super soakers that I picked up last year, mm-hmm. I still have one. The bear ate one. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I wish we kept that. I know. I'm pretty sure I junked it. But yeah. anyways, um, I think you know being able to spray it on the small trees around, spray it on the where we think they're going to come and go at, and just kind of get that whole area just kind of soaky mm-hmm. nastiness of just kind of sweet and goodness. So they walk in and they take it out. Because I think once you get one on, it's like a you know dog to the truck. You know, coming back to the feed trough, they just sure. always kind of yeah. come back around and look for it. And I think that's part of it. But with the you know, so dog food, I think we need to take out. Yes. So the the biggest thing with dog food is is you're gonna have to hump it in a little bit. So another thing to think about is last year we drove our quads right to the stand. Right, and I think there is going to be value in having quad access all the way in. For when we do get a bear, but but I think and maybe the first this. but the first bait the first time we bait it, I think we should just go ahead and bring the quads in, bring the trailer in, bounce in, do our thing. Don't really care about it per se. And then after that first feed, we yeah, walk we, we walk in. Yeah, and you know I think um, you know if you're back off half a mile and you're walking the stuff in, I agree. Dog food's kind of a pain. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to carry in a big old bag of dog food. But, you know, having some, I think, is a good idea. Now, I think we should buy the big bag and then divide it up ourselves. You know what I mean? So you take the big, you know, 50-pound sack of dog food. If you got a 55-gallon drum out there, you're going to have to use a 55 or a a big thing of dog food to fill that. True, true. But that's that's the benefit of of popcorn is it's light. But my point is, say, for example, I have a backpack, right, full of, like I use my old, those old green rucksacks the Army gave us, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I take one of those and I stuff it at the very bottom and I put, say, 20 pounds of dog food, right? And fill the rest up with popcorn to go feed it. Okay. You know, that's, that's what I'm thinking in terms of you're not necessarily taking out a whole big bunch of dog food every time, but you're putting out a little bit. I think start looking for breads. Yeah. It's huge. Oh, bread. Oh, yeah. Dale bread. Start looking for – we can start – as we get closer to that, start stockpiling up on that, getting the Dale breads, getting the, the, the donuts, getting those things that – or people are just throwing away because they're old and stale. Right. Uh, if we have a stockpile of those kind of things, yeah, they kind of counteract the like the, how long, how soon you start stockpiling because otherwise you got a shed full of moldy bread. Right. That's yeah, it's a whole issue with that. But so, but like for example, the other thing we can think about in terms of is like we're talking about you know vanilla and things like that. But what about making our own scent balls? I love the nine oh seven Batum stuff. It mm-hmm. smelled the back of my truck up beautifully. Yeah. It was a great smell. Yeah. Smelled up my whole house. That anise, it was just great. Yep. You know, my wife didn't necessarily care for it for a while, but whatever. She got over it. That's why I like the blueberry one because it just smells so good. But I think about things in terms of, you know, I have, I picked up some wax on Amazon so we can make our own. You know what I mean? So, and I think it can be done in terms of we can make a couple of bait balls. And if we mm-hmm. make those up not too terribly early, like we're in that time where I think we could make it up and like triple seal it in some like trash bags. Yeah. That's really all you're buying it in. Sure. And then, we can make it ourselves, and I guarantee you, for the cost of one bait ball, I can make four. 24 bucks? Yeah. You know, so it's like half off. Yes, I put a little work into it, but, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, how much, I mean, again, we're trying to establish a new bait site. I think the biggest thing we need to throw out there is scent. Because that's how they're going to find us. It's not like, I mean, for me, here's my thought on this, is as we get bears in, I want something out there that is tried and true, that yeah. I know will bring bears. Right. Right? So... I would much rather go to 907, mm-hmm. get a bait ball, get some, they have this stuff called bear tar. It's just like a sticky, nasty, yeah. you know, it's, it's like peanut butter, but yeah, right. it's smelly. Th- smelly stuff, yeah. right? Get, maybe get a couple of those things. Start, I'm not saying you don't stocking just, up on those. I'm not and saying. And then as the season progresses, we start looking into replicating. I'm not saying that that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing, but there also comes a finite, and we, we've talked about this before, you can go stupid with the money on any of this. And so I think there has to be a balance between how much money we put out in the woods. But a scent ball, 24 bucks. No, they're 50, dude. They're 50? Yeah. Which scent ball did I get? You got the smaller one, and it was a couple years back last year, I paid 50 bucks for that big one. Oh, Jesus. That big, you know, it's about, you know, dinner plate size. Yeah. Three, four inches thick. That's why I was like, going, if that's 50 bucks, then you throw in a honey burn, Ten dollars. The little spray bottle, ten dollars. All that stuff is ten bucks. And they have those little balls of like, they look like the, 
like what you'd use out of like an airsoft gun, not an airsoft gun, yeah. but a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, paintball gun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which worked great. But again, they're eight to ten dollars. Pretty quick, you get five or six of their products with a bait ball, and now sure. you're in for a hundred dollars just yeah. in scent. And it gets a little harder when I'm, you know, oh hey honey, we're at the commissary. I'm gonna drop fifty pounds on, you know, fifty bucks on dog food because it's eleven dollars or fifty five dollars. It's eleven dollars a sack. Yeah. Now we both we all know what it really goes for, but it's just it's again it's like where are you spending your money? How are you thinking about it? And sometimes I just kind of go, maybe they're the the hundred percent. Like if if a bear is gonna come in at all, I mean, like you say the bear is going to come to your stand because of the scent. If they're at the hundred percent, that bear comes in, and our stuff is at the ninety eight, mm-hmm. ninety five. 90. Where is that number? And there other things we need to do to think about like controlling our scent. And that was another piece that a lot of these guys brought into is most guys have the approach of, which I think is the the appropriate way to do it, is you kind of wear the same thing every time. So like for example, when I go to put the the stand in, you know, you, you put your stand in, you make all your noise, you run your two strokes, you do everything you got to do. Yeah. But then once you're like baiting, like if I'm just going to go out on a bait run, I literally show up in the same like rubber boots that I wear every time. You know, so they kind of get familiar with your scent, but not like... I've heard guys talking about uh, smoking a cigar at the base site. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, if that's something that you that's all... a, You know, it's just something they enjoy. So they're going to go out there, smoke a cigar, feed the stand, and leave. And then when they go out there, they will sit in the stand, smoke a cigar, and then climb up in their stand. And shoot a bear, hopefully. And shoot a bear, hopefully. But, I mean, I think that there's something to do with the value of doing it the same way. So, like, for example, if I always wash my stuff in the no-scent cleaners you know mm-hmm. with your soaps that you're using you know you sure. talk about our camouflage and you know if you're trying really hard to kind of if you say well i'm going to try and minimize my scent and so i'm always washing in the this kind of thing and i do certain things i think you should have the same kind of protocol when you go out so for example if you always have whatever shampoo you use yeah use the same shampoo don't go special i mean just keep it the same do you have a special hunting shampoo oh you can go nuts with this no i asked do you have a special hunting shampoo well, I have a bar that has like a no scent bar of soap, okay, and it's like an all over, so you can use it on your hair and everything else. Hmm. And I used it when I was out moose hunting, just because I noticed that. The, the, so, with the scent piece, what I have noticed is that if you shower every day with like I don't know, Dove, Old Spice, whatever, right, it's fine. But if you go like two, three, four days, you get a funk real fast, like after like thirty six hours. Hmm. At least I do. Okay? okay, but if I use the no scent stuff. Yeah. That funk stays away for about three days. Solid three days. Right. And so it's just one of those things of, I think it's just the way my body maybe reacts with the different oils and things like that and what it takes off and the bacteria that are on me. Yeah. So I get more of that kind of body odor smell versus, and so what I'm saying is that if I always wash every day and I'm going to go out to the bear stand after, you know, washing with my Old Spice stuff that I sure. got at Walmart, yeah, I should continue to do that same thing all the time. Don't go special when I go out to hunt. Keep it the same. Yeah. But I don't think you need to necessarily get your scent like all over the place. But like, I mean, control your scent, but don't like be super anal about it. So, um. Does that make sense? Guys that I've talked to up here, the thought is, is the bear's going to know you're there one way or the other. Oh, agreed. I won't disagree with that. There's nothing you can do that the bear's not going to go, that doesn't smell like a dude. They just know you're there. So, it's not necessarily about controlling your scent. It's about the patterns you do while you're there. Right, and I would you also go in. You feed like one dude. He said he would go in the stand, in a big metal fifty-gallon barrel. He would grab his little walking stick or whatever and bang on the barrel, feed the barrel, and leave. Okay. So then he'd come in, feed the barrel, bang on it, climb in the stand, and his buddy would leave. Yeah, I think there is value in that because I think they, they they go, oh, they're they banged and now they're leaving, and they yes. they can hear better than we can, all that kind of stuff. Yes, I agree. They probably know that you're up there in the stand. But what I think you want to do is entice them to come anyway. So between the food, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like so it's it's one of those things of they kind of know that there's a chance, I think. But again, when I talk about scent and controlling it's scent. It's the same thing for bears don't look at predators of high. No, they don't. But so. but my point is is that if your scent is, if you always feed the stand at 2 o'clock, I don't think by trying to, if what I'm saying is that if you have a certain scent that you go in the woods with, okay? Trying to mix it up for the day of the hunt, I don't think is necessarily a value. Mm, no. I'm just saying, do the normal routine. Do yeah. the routine. And I think having a routine out there is a good thing. Yeah. So I think that's going to help us. I also, I mean, I really do think that we need to think hard about how do we get more scent into the air. And I think maybe going with a, okay, we're going to scent our location, right? And then going out and saying, 
putting a scent ball 25 yards. Because if I have enough wax, then I can make, say, three wax, you know, three of these scent balls for sure. 30 bucks. Yeah. Do I throw up two more just to get more scent in the air, maybe catch stuff with thermal? How big a scent ball do you think you're making? Uh, bottom of a stock pan. Okay, so like 10 inch? Yeah, 10 inch. So what I'm thinking is, as you can run, so you have wax. So these mm -hmm. are all wax-based. I have soy wax. Yeah. And then you have, um, so it's wax, but I think just by just having wax with the anise oil, with the vanilla in it, I don't think really, because they don't just, like 907 beta, so I'm going to kind of copy them. I'm going to kind of plagiarize, whatever you want to call it. And they use like some oats in there and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think by getting like even like horse oats that are really, you know, like the molasses yep. horse oats, mixing those in or maybe some old, you know, kids cereal you know what i mean it's just getting stale something that kind of gives it a little more body i think it, a that will stretch it mm -hmm. which i think is good but b it will allow that what's the word i'm looking for it'll allow that sweetness to kind of come out and just kind of slowly pervade because you don't need it to like go poof i'm here you don't want like a puffer you want it to sit there and slowly emit it for weeks and months right true so you what want, you want it to smell like a freaking bakery for weeks and months right exactly so i'm thinking if you have more of them out there different thermals that it catches because, for example, I have one low, and I go up the ridge a little bit. Let's just assume there's a ridge. I catch a different thermal, potentially. Maybe. Um, but, I mean, I'm just thinking sometimes there is value in more is better. Yeah. Bigger is better, so to speak. Yeah. And so I think there is value in that. And I think... I'll agree with that. I think the more scent you have out there, the better. And I think um, I think the other thing is, too, is the you can have your main scent ball there at the bait site, which I think is important. But who's to say that the big scent ball is where it's at? Maybe if we had... One big scent ball at the main site, and we had four off like the points of the compass, for lack of a better sure. thought. But like a, smaller, like smaller, like you know, baseball size, yeah. maybe basketball size. Yep. And just have those hanging out out there. Yeah, I agree. I think that would also help. I think um, you know, doing those kinds of things. So that's kind of where I'm thinking about it. Like, how can I get more scent out there? You know, yeah. how can I get more? You know, just kind of and do it. Not, I don't want to say on the cheap. But it really is. But like on the more economical, on the more sure. budget friendly rather than spending. Because I mean, I look at this and I kind of go, you know, every run out there is going to cost me a certain amount in gas and time. True. Okay. So if I'm burning and my wife doesn't care about the time per se, I mean, it's just I have to budget my time really, really well in the summer to spend the time with family and things like that. How do I budget that financial piece? Because yeah. if, I, if I have, say, for example, my wife says, look, we can spare $500. For bears. Yeah. And I go, I'm going to burn 250 of that on bait. Boom. Well, now it would cost me $35 every time to roll out there in my Suburban. I mean, how many times am I limiting myself sure. with that piece? Yeah. And so that's kind of the other piece that I look at. Because, you know, gas starts getting expensive, especially when we're talking a two-hour drive out, two-hour drive back. That's four hours in the car. I mean, it's, you know, half, yeah. half a tank of gas. It's 20, yeah. 20 gallons, you know. Yeah. That's going to easily be a $50 bill in my pickup. So I just kind of go, how can I try and minimize that, keep everybody happy, mm -hmm. and keep it on speaking terms with the wife? Yeah, that's that is true. And so, so, and and can we do a better job? Maybe not. I don't know that we can necessarily match nine hundred seven beta or barely legal, right? Sure. But can we make it really, really close? And can we get ninety percent? And I guess it, with the like the barely legal guys, figure out what they're using. I have looked into it, and it's almost as bad as a state-run secret. I mean, they're yeah, pretty tight-lipped about it. They say there's some stuff out there that is supposed to be, like, scent-wise, like aspartame and whatnot, but I think yeah. they've figured out something with, like, a mix. It's not one sure. thing. It's, yeah. it's a mix of things. And so, having said that, I think we stick with tried-and-true sugar. Maybe it's not as sweet as the barely legal. Maybe we get a little bit of their stuff. I, I'd say we get some because right. the, the thing is, is like we're we're putting in. Oh, we're de we're, we're putting time we're in now. Mind. No, not that we're now breaking into a new thing. Mm. Now we need to get these bears to say, "Hey, there's something over here." It's like a new restaurant. You put a new restaurant up and you don't advertise it. Nobody goes to it. Oh, agreed. And I think the other thing is too so, is that I think there's also going to be value in maybe cutting trails in and out. And I mean, not like cutting a trail per se, as it is walking in and out, like. You know, uh, yeah. yeah, like like getting our scent further out okay. because my, my point is so when you when we first go in right so we put the stand up we bait it right and I'm thinking backpack sprayers with molasses and like cut it with water so it'll spray maybe and just like yeah. walking out like 
The two of us walk out and we walk in clover leaves just to get us, again, just advertising out. Yep. Because if that bear can cross anywhere in a mile radius of us, and now we have a chance. It's all about the opportunity and chances. Because once we start getting the first bear in there, I think the first bear is going to be the hard part. Once yep. you start getting the first bear, yeah. the bears are going to start coming. And that's why I look at things like, okay, do we get something like some barely legal attractant? Do we do some of those like... Yeah, you're not going to go overboard, but you're going to get one or two because we and know one or two. You know they're tried and true. Mm-hmm. These are people that have put time, energy, and money into their product, and their product works. Now, most of the barely legal stuff is like a like a liquidy spray stuff. I, I need, yeah, yeah. And it's not like a scent ball. So, yes. and so having said that, I'm comfortable with spending the money and getting some of that stuff to come in because we can spray it on this on the stand one day. It's not like something that you just spray all at once. It's not like a one shot deal. So you'd spray it on every week when you're out there, every two weeks. But that's what my understanding is. But I, you know, I think about things in terms of other things. I think about is you know vanilla. I don't think there's anything magic in necessarily the smell per se. Like you say, is the sweet and just kind of generally good smelling. Bears yeah. like good smelling stuff. They seem to anyways. Like they, I mean, yeah, they'll go after your trash. But I guarantee you, you leave the bread on the back. No, after that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I think the other thing we can also think about doing is is. You know, go out there and make some bacon doing a honey burn. We never did a honey burn last year. We talked about it. Uh, so the honey burns, um, I've always done them when I'm sitting on stand. Right. But my thought is, is okay, so let's just take the take day one. Yeah. We set up the stand, like the bait day one, right? So yeah. we're actually putting bait on the stand. So we've done that. Right. But so we, we, we with, do that. With bacon. We went out there and we cooked like a ton of bacon and just ate bacon for like two hours or seven at the stand. Well, what I'm okay, that's fine. But my point is, what I'm thinking is, is that so we put everything out, right? And maybe we do a honey burn that first day, like right before we walk out, just sit down and just do a honey burn. Or do we wait for like two, three weeks and then come back with a honey burn and just sit with it? I don't think that is. I mean, you could do a honey burn every time you go out, right? I mean, but yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, if you're just getting in a pattern of, I think that's a bigger thing that the pattern work into is a pattern. Like every time you go out, you do A, B, and C. Right. Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think having a pattern, like a checklist, punch list, whatever you want to call it, like just yeah. like this, the things we do. I think walking in and out of this site, kind of the same way, coming at it from the same angle, all that's gonna matter, particularly think, for your bigger bear. You know, in a previous episode, we talked about you know that whole paralysis by analysis um, right. stuff, and I think it's really easy to get into this where we're like, well, what if we try this? What if we try this? Now? What if we try this? What if we try this? Right. When in reality... And, and many of the guys actually said that exact same thing. Yeah. Where they said, sometimes simpler is better. And what I think... Yes. I, I, again, I'm not saying like the sense you need to necessarily do. Like, we need to have 25 different scents out there. So what I'm saying is, is let's think about cheap dog food. Just for some like protein, little something there, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of popcorn because we have it, which is, and it was really cheap. Yep. It was a good price. Yeah. And I think by using super sweet stuff, and I think by just sticking with, look, we're going to go with red Kool-Aid or whatever the cheap brand is. Yep. And do with a lot of sugars. Yep. And just kind of stick with those basics and just go with it. I think we can do a lot of other things, but I think just by saying, okay, look, we're going to pretty much stick to, I don't know, like cheap red flavored stuff. Because the fruit punch really smells. At least to me it does. But, you know, we could argue about that. But... You know, if we get the barely legal and it's all blueberry, okay, well, maybe we all go for a blueberry scent just to keep it the same. I don't know. But my point is, is it's more of a point of... That, that I think, you're I, I, right there is where you get the paralysis by analysis. You're getting, you're, you start overthinking about those kind of things versus you go get Kool-Aid. Right, it but... It's flying what kind of color it is. Right. Because it's sugar. Well, right, but the That's thing... That's the thing. But Bears the, don't care what color it is or what scent, scent it is. is they right. want the sugar. Right, but... My point is, is just go out and get it. I mean, first thing is go out and get it and do it. Yeah. Uh, but if, for example, we want to have a theme, like, for example, yeah, I know you say you need to. We're going to have a Pinterest style freaking. Hell yeah. Hell like, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Why not? No. God, no. <laughs> I knew I could get him. I knew I could poke at him until I fired him up. That's. <laughs> no, on. But well, no, honestly, I think, I think you're, dog food. Yeah, I know. Honestly, I think dog food. I think popcorn, and then I think turn around and do some Kool Aid. I like that your Kool Aid idea. I think, you know, backpacks. I mean, initially a backpack sprayer or something like that would work, or a super soaker maybe, like where you can kind of like fill it up and like spray it all over that barrel, 
like you know what I mean, like spray it around. Yeah, so what we did last time, or for the the year before you started baiting with me, was we went out there, put the barrel up, we filled it with popcorn, we dumped Kool Aid in there, and we sprayed that Kool Aid down a little bit, so it's kind of like which like a well, just straight just water, just, yeah, straight water. Did that on top of the barrel, on the sides of the barrel, and then we took that five or that gallon of of uh, vanilla, mm. and we dumped it in front of the, the on the ground in front of it, mm-hmm. the ground around it, and we did little things around on the trees, and that was it. Mm. They ate the little stump of dirt that was bef- right in front of our stand. Yes, I like it. Like now, here's here's oh yeah, I mean I'm not saying it was more. Now, one things I do have. That is expired in my garage. I picked it up for some reason and I don't remember why. Yeah. Didn't end up using it. I think it was because we were going to make jerky. Okay. Out of the fish and then we ended up doing a different recipe. Yeah. We found some molasses like almost expired anyways. So I have like two gallons of molasses sitting Perfect. in my garage. That's, yeah. You know. Caro syrup is another great one. Yeah. We do that. We take a thing of caro syrup out there and drizzle that down the side of the tank. So think of the bear. You got this little teeny hole that just barely gets their face in there, right? Right. So what well, are they? Or even if they're reaching in, they get it on their paws. They get they, it, on, they their get it on their paws. They stick their head in this thing to try and get stuff. Right. Right. So anything you can do around that that uh, that opening that has sticky gooiness on it, the better. So you drizzle caro syrup down there. You drizzle molasses down there. You do all those kind of things, and that's where they're going to get that and carry it off. Yeah. So with that comes another point that was brought up on one of these YouTube things that I. It's one of the things that when I say it, you're going to go. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Okay. But we didn't think about it because, I mean, I think back, it's not how we did it. Normally, we'd walk in, bait the stand, check the cameras. You should go in, check your cameras, bait your stand. There's a reason why the order is important. So here's the thing. So if I walk in, check my cameras, then I bait, all my stickiness goes with me, right? Yeah. Versus if I go in and I make this super sticky concoction, touch the camera, camera, and now they're going to want to chew on my camera. I don't know if I never was out there... When we check the cameras, because I don't oh, think, yeah, yeah, you never every work. time we go out there, we're like, no bears. Right, yeah. <laughs> so. Right, but. You guys are the only ones. The other thing is our, from last year, our camera placement sucked. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. But I think part of it, too, when we select our location this time. Yeah. Let's be mindful about, I think that's another piece in all of this is, okay, not only do we need a clean shot. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into a bear stand, like general yeah. location, specific location. Now, when you start getting down to... Well, this, when we were in the other spot, the, the illegal spot, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we moved to for the second time. Yeah. That was one of the two key things I was looking at, is where's our shot lanes and where's our camera trees. Right, and I think if we... We, we kind of shot off. ourselves in the foot because we were running out of time. We were getting a little anxious. We were getting a little frustrated. frustrated. And we were a little like, we got to do this, we got to do this. And we just kind of jumped to something fast, and we didn't pick a great spot. Yeah, there was a lot of mistakes we made last year. And yeah. I think if we're honest about it, we didn't spend the time researching the location. We didn't spend the time doing those little detail things. Yeah. I think this year we have a lot longer baiting season, which is going to help us. And also understanding that we're playing the long game. We're not playing like last year. We're like, we need to get on bears this year. Yeah. I think we kind of learned our lesson with that in the sense that don't get me wrong. I want a bear this year. <laughs> I really want a bear. Yeah. But if I don't get a bear this year, that's okay. Yeah. I'm going to play the long game for two, three years from now. Mm-hmm. And so with that comes, you know, choose your site, mm-hmm. choose it right. And if it takes me three trips out there to find that right spot, so be it. So be it. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be a key thing. And I think the other thing is we can build this up over time. You know, with the, you know, there are certain legalities we run into about what we have to take in and out and move and whatnot. But there's a lot of things about we can actually move, put out there and keep fairly close that's in a cache. So we don't have to bring everything out of the woods per se. Sure. Because you're allowed to cache in the state of Alaska. Yes. So with that, we can cache our equipment close yes. by and then move it to the site. And that's a much easier time than trying to move all your equipment back out to your house, mm-hmm. down the highway, back yeah. up the highway, yeah. you know, bounce and to bounce. A lot of frustration when you're trying to do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I think, w- but when it comes to the, sh- to the food piece, I think we need to go sugar just because we're after blacks. Oh, yeah. We're after blacks. 100%. So Sticky, sugary, caro syrups. Vanillas, molasses, some molasses, is that right? Molasses, 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 Mississippi's. So molasses, and then you know picking up some some other little things here and there to to get an idea, to try to get some initial in, and then start working on again. You said the long game, like 
what is it that worked, what didn't, and how can we replicate it? Right. Well, and I think the thing that we think about is, is you know, when we talk about our initial push out there, do a good initial push, keep it topped up, focusing in on that scent piece, and then as we start getting hit, I don't think we necessarily want to. So if we get, so let's just baiting starts April fifteenth. Let's yeah. assume for the moment we can find a spot by one May. Just assume. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just, just run my gonna... time. Let's just run my timeline. Sure. Okay. Sure. We spend all day, all, all May, kind of scenting it up, getting the right things in there. It takes us all of May. Let's just say it takes us till June to even get a bear on the stand. This is like being super optimistic, by the way. Yeah, it is. Okay. Well, let's just assume that. <laughs> let's just assume that by June, somehow miraculous, hook or by crook, we get a bear on the stand. I think we feed it all June. That's my mm-hmm. point. We don't even think about it till you start patterning. Yeah, right. Get an idea of what's coming you in. Think about up. August. You know what I mean. And the, so the thought is, is because we have till October to do this. Yeah. Let's just like go like okay, look, there's bears on the stand. Unless they're like hot and heavy and like, okay, dude, like we just need to go. Mm-hmm. There's 12 bears that are coming in and out. Like sure. it's time. Sure. But if we're getting onesie twosies, like just let them do their thing. Let them continue to bring them in. And I think that's going to be another key to our success long term. Because if we go out there and we blast the first bear we see, it might be a big bear. It might be the bear we're after, mm-hmm. but it might not. But and then again, if it's the bear we're after and we're doing it right, he's going to come back. Oh, agree. Agree. And the other thing is too is, how much value is there in, we've opened the restaurant, come on down. Exactly. You know, let's get used to you and have it. I mean, you think about the places you eat here in Eagle River. I mean, you probably have a short list of places you go. Yeah. I mean. It's Eagle River. It is Eagle River. Yeah, but we, even within Eagle River, my point is oh, there's yeah. there's a lot of restaurants here. Yep. Some of them I just don't go in. They just don't interest me. Exactly. For various reasons. Same kind of thing. I think if we get the bears that start coming in. And like, you know, Pat, he's kind of in the same general vicinity that we're thinking about going. And he talks about how he's had his stand for, what, four years, five years now? Something like that. And he talks about, hey, I have, uh, you know, I have bears that have mom and mom has shown the cubs. Yeah. This is where the stand's at. And this is where you get food. And it becomes a normal part of their feeding habit. Sure. And guess what? Now he routinely gets bears out there. So with, I mean, so I'm thinking long game. We have... You know, we get the scent, we get the everything going, and I think if we're really optimistic, you know, looking like Pat and country, I mean, he's a successful bear hunter, sure. pattering what he's doing in terms of just get the bears there, get them there consistently. If we mm-hmm. take one this year, great. That's gonna be a that's a win. Yeah, you know what I mean, that's always a win. Absolutely. But if we don't, I don't think it's a fail. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we we put a lot into the food and what we're putting the the bait in, you know, out there, what bait we're putting out there. But I think there's also a huge thing we need to figure out of what barrels we're using, what delivery devices we're using. Well, we have a so we have a big fifty-five gallon plastic thing or fifty-five gallon ish. Yeah. Uh, you know, thing. And so, you know, we also have the spinners that we did. It's like yep. essentially it's a when you're using cable, we string it through with two smaller, like fifteen gallon ones that kinda yeah roll out, dole out some popcorn is kind of what we've been using. Yep. I like that approach because it allows you know, because that approach allows you to What's the word I'm looking for? It allows for A, yes, you're feeding with more food, but you can go longer between sits. But it also, they have to kind of work a little bit for it. They can't just devastate your stand. Uh, So the two things with that. So we have these spinners, right? Yeah. Which So talking to guys who have done similar things out there, their biggest concern with the spinner is is when the bears, when you run out of food, the bears get frustrated and and they they pull them down. I can understand that. So, which I've seen because we had the bar- our barrel out empty and we had uh, a scent ball 35 feet up in a tree and the grizzly, grizzly mind you, <laughs> climbed the tree to get the scent ball down. Right. So, she's like, well, there's food. I'm going to get it. And, and that's the attitude you want to have out there. You want to get to that point of like, I'm coming here for food. Right. There is food here. I will get all the little bits of food that I can. So what you're saying is, is that maybe that was a little bit of overanalysis? Of what? By using the spinners? Hey, I like them, and I'm going to put them back up. Yeah, I think, A, we have them, so let's put them back yeah, up. I, 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 there's a reason I did them that way, and I've been thinking about that for a while. I, I like the idea of them, just because they can kind of sit there, and they move Slows around, and it just, yeah. Slows them up. Yeah. Um, it just gives another something for them. And but yeah. I think there's some, another element we need out there. I'm not 100% sure what that is. I'm thinking it almost might need to be something buried, or covered with like a whole bunch of logs or something over it so what we do have 
just spitballing. Now you're totally like off topic off. <laughs> and now you got like bear baiting. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he hit me out of the blue with this. So we did, when we were doing the barrel project for church where we were making those burn, sure. movable burn pits, not yes. burn barrels. Cause that would be against the Muni fire pits. They're fire pits. Remember that one burn barrel that we cut in half that was like, you know, toxic, ready to kill us. Yeah. Nastiness. Yeah, nastiness. Yeah. It's been sitting in my backyard all winter. Sure. Okay. Chances of it having any residue, pretty low. Okay. What we could do is I could cut the top out of it a little bit. We could take that whole thing and just like bury it down in there and just like fill it up with something. Yeah. And that might be an easy way to like bury the, throw some logs over the top. A lot of guys just, they don't even use a barrel. They just use logs. I yeah. noticed that as well. Yeah. So we could just throw some logs on top and just kind of like drizzle stuff down there in the bottom and maybe leave a little dog food down there and let them paw it out. And if they take the barrel out, then... Okay. Yeah. Or maybe we just leave it as like a catch can down there. Yeah. Like, you know, like you, rather than trying to put it to where that's like reach in, just like mm-hmm. take the barrel, set the barrel down, open face up, right? Like how it's cut in so half. Put their head down in this big old hole. Right. So there's like this hole of, and, and we like, we use the metal to kind of contain it more than anything. Maybe. And so my point is, yeah. they're less likely to maybe grab it and rip it out. And if they do, mm-hmm. but well. Yeah. But my thought is put logs over the top so they have to kind of paw through this and kind of dr- so you put some dog food at the bottom, and yeah. some sweet smelling stuff at the bottom, and you just drizzle over the top and kind of make a little like confectionery yeah. something something. Like that. Uh, so we'll have to take some pictures of that. That was one of the thoughts of like doing something that's deep buried or covered with logs. Um, I think there's last, value there. The other one that I was thinking of doing is uh, you know so we're talking about hanging bait balls. Mm. I want to do. But my thought was doing a swinging, hanging five-gallon ball. Swinging five-gallon? So take, take a five-gallon bucket, okay. cut a whole bunch of holes in it, put a screen on the inside, so a metal screen, so they can't necessarily get stuff out of it, so it's just giving a scent out. We could do that with the wax, rather than using, you know, we were talking about wax balls earlier, right? Like the bait balls yeah. that Nano 7 does. We could do that with like a our own, like make it in like a five-gallon form, right? And then take it out of the five-gallon bucket and then drop it into another one. I was thinking like being able to do something food-wise in there so you get that smell of something. Like sweet, sickly sweet something or other in there. Ooh, I see what you're going with it. And then have holes in it that doesn't come out, but be able to hang that from somewhere. You know what would work? I like the idea. I think it could be done. But what about oats? Like, again, horse oats. Like, you know, there's the... Five-gallon bucket of oats. Yeah. Just cut your holes in the sides. Just little one-inch strips up and down the five-gallon bucket. What about like a gallon paint then, can? Without the paint, obviously. But well, like obviously. But like they have... Something, maybe maybe something like that. I was thinking bigger just because you'd have more ability to put more into it. And more ventilation holes through it. Yeah, five-gallon bucket. The nice thing is, too, is you get to the end of the season, you throw it on your bait pile and be done with it. Exactly. And then you just cut your one-inch strips in the five-gallon bucket, cover it with, you know... Screen, know, screen, you know, venting screen, you know, in the inside of it. Fill that thing up with, you know, stuff. Yeah, whatever it is, right? Hang that. Yeah, because it's got a convenient handle. Throw it over a little, you know, 550 cord. Yep. Or whatever else we got laying around. Yep. Drag it up in a tree. Yep. That could work, actually. And again, cheap solution because a Homer bucket costs, what, 2 $3 at yeah. Home Depot? Yeah. Screen material? I got it. Yeah, we, we got it yeah. somewhere, right? So, I mean, again. It's a peak cord. Right. So, I mean, we're in it for under 10 bucks. Yeah. I like that. Because that's, again, maybe not the professional, like, you know, name brand stuff that mm-hmm. you buy off the shelf. But it's one of those things that you kind of go, hmm, that could work well. Yep. So, I think there's a few things that we can do we start as we're building our stand out there that we need to start working on. And the other thing is, too, is that when we take fish, because... We have the short rod challenge and all of this. And sure. I'm going to bring that in this because I think this is important. So we're allowed to use are – we, are we allowed to use scraps or is it you just – You're allowed to use uh, gut and carcass. You right. can use the, the, the bones and the guts of it. You cannot use any flesh, any meat. But So my thought is, is we catch a king, right? Gut it. Take the guts, right? We fillet it out so you can use that spine. Can you imagine just a little stinky bucket of gut up in that tree? You would have bears coming oh, in for miles. miles. That would just be. But like, like I was thinking, guys do that. But like, like I was thinking, like the head. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that to me is not edible. I know that some of my one of my coworkers. Yeah, they, I think they actually specifically say in the regs you can use head, spine, and and guts. Guts. 
So, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, if we get, get a couple fish on our short road challenge, or more importantly, when else are we going to get like a ton of guts for cheap? Dip net. Dip net. Yep. No, I know guys who do that. They'll, they'll go dip netting. They'll... And, and we just take a few five gallon buckets. I mean, we could take five five gallon buckets and have, we'd still be throwing stuff back into the bank mm-hmm. and take that with us. And of course, it could just. Stinky, oh, God. Nasty can you, thing when you pull that thing, up, oh. Up it would pull bears in for miles just having that smell just, dead carcass there. We'll just throw it, even just throwing it on the stand itself. Well, yeah, and then they're going to eat it. It's gone. Well, but, but you get my point. Either I know, way. I see. And that's what most people do is they just right, come sure. in there, throw some throw some carcasses on there. The bears will come in and eat them and call it good. But, man, if you had that thing hanging up there, it would just be the nastiest scent ball ever. Interestingly enough, I do note it in the regs, speaking of the kind of gut ball. So say you take a bear. And you're not required to get rid of the guts. Yeah. So the guts can be used as bait. True. If so, you don't move them, if I remember correctly. No, no, you're allowed to move them. But you don't, the way it was implicated is you can use them as, so if I shoot a bear, I can use that, like, if, wherever those guts yeah. are at, I can use that as a bait. Yeah. So say, for example, we get lucky enough to shoot one. And then we're even luckier. To shoot one off the one we shot. And we shoot one off the one we shot because we dropped it right in front of our barrel. If they drop right there. But well, yeah. yeah, I'm saying like, okay, so, the, the um, world is aligning right now. Now, I believe with like caribou and moose, you are not allowed to move the the gut pile. Oh, well, I don't know that I'd really want to move a gut pile, to be honest with you, anyways. But yeah. I'm just thinking, how cool but, would and it be? And, and that's the thought. is like you can't, like, you shoot your moose over here and then drag it a mile closer to your, your, right, your, stand. your, your stand and plop it there. And then, yeah. Right. Because then you are baiting... Then you're now baiting, baiting. And many, versus shooting a, a bear off of a gut pile. Right. And I say, I say in, in many spots, like where we're going to be at baiting, you're allowed to bait to the 15th of October. We're one of the few spots in Alaska that can do that. Mm-hmm. So come moose season, you shoot your moose and say everybody's running around camp and they haven't shot their moose yet. And you go back to where you shot your moose and you see the gut pile and you see a bear, you're allowed to take that bear. Yeah, I believe because it's natural and it's out there yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. So, but if you but move the gut pile, then it is baiting. I would. I'm gonna have to check to see in our unit because I believe the thing is, is you can't move anything. You can't bait, but those areas baiting's closed. Our unit baiting will be open. Right. It says you can yeah. bait with fish gut and all that stuff. So what's the difference between? Yeah, I. You know, honestly, to be honest with you, I think if we just do the fish, we'll be on like. Oh yeah. Count. Yeah. I mean, Curto Creek's got some. You know, it's got some kings in it that time of year. Yeah, some nice, you know, you're not allowed to it's a catch and release only fishery. So if we go up there, now here's the thing, here's my thoughts. On the way up. <laughs> oh boy, here it comes. In Montana. Here it comes. Stop in Montana and just pull ourselves a little bit of pink. Pull him out. Yeah, give the Can dogs. Give the dogs some meat and then put a little bit of carcass out there. Well, that's not a bad idea at all. Because yeah. we'll be right by Montana. Yeah, on the way up. It's literally on the way up. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. Day of fishing, go out and bait, go home. And there's going to be a lot of that this year. Yeah, let's hope. Just because I think that, you know, shooting a bear off the stand this year would be optimistic. Mm-hmm. And again, playing the yeah. long game. I, I Not to say that I don't think we can't get a bear off the stand. If we can get one or two bears off, I think we'd be doing really but well. But the long game is a totally different deal. Like the long game. The long, long game. Side of this, so yeah, so if I can get bears in two, three years when my kids are a little bit older, I mean, my oldest is nine this year. By the end of the season, she'll mm-hmm. be ten because she's a September birthday. Both my kids are September birthdays, Hopefully. and and um, so so having said that, if I can play this out to where it's set up and really rolling in three years, sure, that's really when my kids are going to get into yeah. it. I feel I like it. Although my son did say that he wanted a firearm to shoot his bear with because we were teasing him. Ah, boy. Yeah, but boy, that brings boy. a whole other thing about bear guns and how do you deal with kids and bear guns and kind of what do you do trying to buy the right bear gun that's a whole nother that's a whole nother talk but i think we can go into that and kind of i have some thoughts on that that are a little bit different i think than the we already talked about that though Mm, well kind of but i think i'm pretty sure we talked about we have episode yeah yeah what what gun to use for what animal and right but i'm thinking more like so you i mean i don't have a ton of money and what gun do I buy that can grow? My son's probably going to be big. I mean, I'm 5'11", 240 sitting here, right? I'm not a small man, but I'm not a big man. And I have a reason to believe that my son will probably, and I, I'm the runt of the family, okay, um, on both sides. I'm the runty guy. Mm-hmm. Most of my uncles are in the 6'4 range, 6'5". Sure. My okay. dad's 6'2". 
So I have a sneaking suspicion. And that's the same thing with Faith, or with uh, Heather. Yeah. Her, she's also the smallest one in her family. Her mom's 5'10". I mean, yeah. she's a big woman. And so having said that, I've got to wonder is how big Zane's going to be. And so if I get him a gun that fits him now at, say, 8, 9 years old, 10 years old, right, versus when he's 18, that's only 8 years. So here was my thought on that because I went through that very same thing with my daughter. Like, I really want to get her this little teeny chipmunk style I call them a chipmunk. It's not a chipmunk. It's a, the Savage Arms little twenty-two. Oh, it's a cute little rifle. They just call cool. them chipmunks. Right. Because the chipmunk was the name of the gun when I was a kid. That we, sure. Anyway, uh, do I get her one of those? But that's going to be too small for her in a couple years. And uh, and then I came to the realization. Two two things hit me. A, she, it's going to fit her and she's going to have a blast. And that girl can drive tacks. She can. Two, it's going to make one heck of a backpack gun when she's over too big for it right well i have a thought and my thought goes with this do i look at the ar platform you didn't talk to alex too much well no not well you can argue the ar-15 <laughs> platform and i'm not talking to 223 or you look at the ar-10 platform mm -hmm. 308 yeah. and so i think we can I, I think the black rifle comes into this of course i have i'm acutely familiar with it because my service sure. connection i also do have an ar-15 um but you know, I kind of go with that because they have adjustable stocks. I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. We'll talk about it more later. Yeah. But I think I think at this point in time, we can digress really fast into far, now talking sure about thing. firearms. So but we're going we're gonna to wrap right, it. Let's wrap it up. And that's uh, maybe next time we'll talk about that. Yeah, or? We'll see. We'll see. You know how it is. Yeah. Well, at some point in time, we'll talk about the black rifle. Sure. The Maddie Mattel, as my dad calls it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So hit us up on our uh, Instagram, Facebook. Um, and uh, and email us or call us or all that stuff is on those platforms. Uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, uh, go ahead and do us a favor and give us a good five-star rating. Even if you're giving us the fingers you're rolling on the road. Whatever you think of us, give us that rating, and then you can email us and tell us how much you hate us, whatever it is. So, if you or guys, how much you like us. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you've got a suggestion like, hey, cover this, guys. What's your thought on fill in the blank? Sure. Let us know. We're more than happy to you know think about those things and – Give you our opinion. That's Absolutely. really what we're doing here is giving you our opinion, and we'd like to be able to have that interaction with you. All right. Until next time. Okay.